Welcome to This Is Real Life with Jen Blossom, where we talk all things that make us most uncomfortable, from abuse to addiction and trauma to recovery, nothing is off limits. My guests and I will expose the parts of ourselves that hold the most pain and share the freedom that is possible. This is real life. Welcome to This Is Real Life. I am so excited to be with you guys today. Um, Today, we are going to have just me chit-chatting away. I've had quite a lot of questions regarding emotional abuse and what to do if you are being emotionally abused. Um, For me, it's a very tricky and a hard subject. It's something that I've been getting a lot of questions on my emotional abuse recovery Instagram account. And it's so hard to get to everybody's questions and answer everybody's um, issues. It's, It's so difficult because emotional abuse is so complicated. Um... Again, I wanted to kind of remind you what emotional abuse is, and I want to tell you a handful of methods in kind of dealing with it. I think that, you know, there's a population of of kids out there who are actually adolescent years living with parents who are emotionally abusive. Um, and a lot of them I'm, I'm noticing are a big population on the Instagram account. So again, I can't get to everybody's questions, but I can focus an entire episode on dealing with emotional abuse and what to do if you're being emotionally abused and to just let you know that you're not alone. I know that right now, especially being at home and self-isolating and social distancing, It is, man, it is rough when you're with an abusive parent because first of all, they have all of the power and you have none um, because you are legally under their roof and legally still their responsibility. So um, parents who are abusive assume that they can treat you however they want because you can't do anything about it. And again, it's very tricky. It's very tricky, especially because of what is happening in the world right now. So again, shout out to my emotional abuse recovery friends. Know that you are not alone. Know that, you know, this, this too shall pass. There will come a time when you're able to decide if no contact is the best way for you to live your healthiest life. Um, A lot of times we need to get fully away from the abuser in order to step into our full potential. So um, let's go over what emotional abuse is. It's verbal, mental, and psychological. So this can be belittling. This can be rejecting, ridiculing, blaming, scapegoating, bullying, terrorizing, threatening, isolating, confinement, restricting social interactions, deliberately ignoring, withholding affection. These are all various forms of emotional abuse. Um, and they don't have to be overt, overt. They can be very covert. They can be something that just because you, um, feel it happening, but nobody else does. That doesn't mean that it's not abusive. 
again, I would really try to listen to your yourself and recognize your feelings because I think that your feelings tell you something. Um, do I think that some people can be super sensitive? Yeah. Do I think that sometimes moms and dads can be jerks because they've had a rough day? Yeah. I'm talking about in general, on average for most of the time. Um, and also looking at the motive for their behavior. Is their behavior, um, when they emotionally abuse, is it to gain power or is it because they're flying off the handle because they've had a bad day? Neither are okay, but knowing the motive can really help you. A lot of times we assume, oh, they didn't mean that or, oh, um, they just had a bad day. I remember doing that a lot as a child and that's crap. Just because they had a bad day does not mean they get to come home and make you pay for it. So that being said, let's get into it. We're going to talk about a, a, a couple of different ways to respond to emotional abuse. Again, I want to remind you, if you are under 18, still living in the home of your abuser, it is it is like living in terrorist city. Like it is horrific. Um, so I think that you should first understand that emotional abuse says more about them than it does about you. Um, I think that's where you really need to parent yourself. You really need to say to yourself, hey, hey, Jen, you're okay. You didn't do anything. Just because you spilled the ice does not give somebody reason to scream at you or whatever. Um, it's important that you validate your own feelings um, because you probably won't get them validated. I lived at home with two abusive parents, so there was no safe adult and I was very isolated. So there wasn't a lot of places I could go to talk. Um, so sometimes you need to parent yourself and you need to think, you know, or reach out, listen to podcasts like this or get on, you know, social media, which is a beautiful thing right now um, because you can do it really kind of quietly and your parents don't have to know. You know, I remember my parents, they, they did not want anybody knowing what was really going on in that house. So they made us question our reality a lot um, and keep us quiet basically. So again, a first thing to do is kind of put it in perspective that it's not you, it's them. Um, I also think it's important that you can start to just kind of be more aware of what triggers the, that abusive person. Um, again, not that you're responsible, but again, you can't really leave. You're kind of stuck. So if you know that, you know, not shutting the back door really irritates them. Like make sure you shut the back door, you know, <laughs> or if clearing, not cleaning your plate good enough after dinner really gives them ammo to get at you. I'd be really careful to just, you know, clean that plate real well. Um, if someone, if they're a drinker, a lot of, a lot of abusers get away with murder because they are alcoholics or we just like to excuse their behavior. Um, you know, maybe that's a time that you notice that and you decide what you're going to do um, in that situation. So again, um, people that are abusers, they're looking for they're looking for the power. They're looking for it feels good to scream and yell. So they want you to pay, they want you to be the recipient so that they can get this anger off their chest. Um, I have, you know, through my I tried a whole bunch of things, and I'm sure you have too. Um, 
especially when it comes to them yelling at you or belittling you or whatever, you know, with my mom, I, if I cried, she, it just gave her more ammo. I I would cry. She would hurt me so bad and I would cry and she would say, oh, what do you have to cry about? Or, you know, or, or kind of, she would giggle like she, (laughs) so it was kind of like an embarrassment. She made me embarrassed to be emotional, which is super messed up. Um, so for me, I would say to try to just stay calm and, um, not that you're allowing the behavior, but again, you're not an adult yet. You can't leave. All of these things would be very, very different if you were an adult and you were in like a relationship or a um, friendship or something like that where you had the power to leave. These We would not be even talking about this. Um, I would say get out of here, you know, run away as far as you can, but you can't when you're young. So I would say, you know, um, I... I just don't just, just breathe, you know, breathe, try to kind I mean, this is something that I would do. I would kind of numb out, which is really not, I mean, the best way to go, but again, you're a kid, you don't have anywhere to go. So you kind of numb out, you know, kind of go to a different place in your head. Um, try to ignore them. For me, it was creating space. I could kind of tell when they were getting a little bit nuts and then I would just go in my room. Right. So and of course she gave me crap for going in my room too. You're always in your room. It's like, well, yeah, cause you're crazy. Um, but I would, I would highly recommend, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to go do homework or I'm going to go, you know, read a book or something. Now here's another one. And this could be interesting. Uh, remember I am giving you a couple of different ways to go at this, but I'm not sure. Maybe your abuser is abusive when they drink. And yet they're amazing when they don't drink. Or maybe, again, this was not my, my, my family was actually nicer when they were drunk. So it was kind of a, it was hard because I kind of preferred it like that um, later on when I learned that they were drinkers. But I would, you know, if you feel safe enough to say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but when you drink, you really hurt my feelings or you know, I think that communication is a big deal. Unfortunately for me, because my parents were so wacko, I remember, um, a po- I would, I remember even writing letters and saying, Hey, can we have a family meeting? I would love to sit down and I would love to read something to you. And I remember reading a letter to them saying like, I'm really hurt. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And they laughed at me and tore up my letter. So that wasn't safe for me, <laughs> but for some people, maybe it is, maybe they need their, Maybe they need someone to hold them accountable. And if they love you and aren't so completely crazy um, or neurotic, maybe they can say, you know what, I hear you and I'm sorry, right? Um, You can't change them, but you can change your reaction. And I think that that's where we want to stay is kind of like, what can we control and what can't we control? So, you know, I think letting them know that it's not okay, I think is important. But um, again, it might not be safe for you because if they make you feel worse for being emotionally or emotional, then it can be um, like a secondary trauma where you're actually then being traumatized for expressing yourself. Um, okay. So yeah, minimize the time that you're around your parents. Um if, you know, right now we're in the times of COVID, so you're not really going anywhere, but something that could be really helpful for you is finding another adult that you feel safe around. 
um, and maybe trying to spend time over at their house um, with their kids, or maybe it looks like getting involved in extracurricular activities. Unfortunately for me, that didn't work. Um, my parents were very like, we don't have enough money. We can't put you in these certain after school activities. It was very, that was their way of control because listen, we had plenty of money. We lived in Southern California in Orange County. They had enough money to put their kid in soccer. But again, uh, that wasn't as the abuse got worse as we got older, that wasn't an option. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have family members that are close, try to confide in them. That would be awesome. Again, for me, we didn't have any of that. My parents kept us very isolated um, and everybody else was the problem. Oh, don't go over there. You're so-and-so uncle, your aunt, you're this, they're that are awful, blah, blah, blah. So they kind of really kept us away. So I understand. I hear you out there who don't have family, that don't have friends, that don't have access to adults. I understand that. I understand people not believing you. Um, again, I was a very good student and I don't think that people would have even believed me if I told them what was going on at home. Um, so I hear you and I understand. And so what I'm saying to you is write down everything that you don't want to do <laughs> when you grow up, um, and try to be the best version of yourself you can be. Um, if you're, listen, there are, again, there are different, um, places you can reach out. You can talk to people, um, you know, emotional abuse at home is domestic violence. And so you can talk to anybody in the domestic violence realm. There are again, websites, e uh, uh, email, you can call them and they can hopefully get in contact, um, with you and kind of help talk you through it. It's very isolating having a crazy parent, um, because most people really doesn't, don't understand, um, that someone could be so awful to their kids. So another, another option you can do is really try to find a safe person. Um, again, finding safe people is scary because you don't know they're safe until you start to give them information or whatever. And, and you don't, what you don't want is that other adults, like then going back to your parents and then you're giving your parents more ammo to be angry at you. So, Find a safe person, a supportive friend, a, a neighbor, um, the librarian. I don't know. Um, and again, I know that it's not always that easy, but I think that talking about it with somebody is a big is a big deal. Um, again, I think social media is a beautiful opportunity for you to safely find a community. Um, whether that be through Facebook or Instagram or whatever else, YouTube, there are so many people out there who have started support groups. Um, you know, for me, emotional abuse recovery, I started because I was going through therapy and I thought to myself, this is so insane. I can't believe that I was brought up by a, abusive people because again, my parents told me they were amazing and awesome and that I was, you know, all my feelings were crazy and that I shouldn't feel that way. So, um, but finding somebody that can, or sorry, I, I totally got sidetracked. See, this is the problem. This is real life, people. When the thing keeps popping up and you start and you keep getting Instagram or messages and then you read the message and then you can't stay on topic. Okay. The topic was that I started that support group because I knew that if I, I couldn't be the only person who was like completely gaslighted their whole life. Um, and look at this, our, our community, our Instagram community is almost 3000 people. 
man, I thought to myself when I first started, if even if only one person got like hope or clarification or, you know, something out of this, it would be worth it. Now I'm at 3000. You guys, that's so crazy. That's awesome. And I'm so excited that you've let me kind of share my uh, recovery with you because it is recovery, whether whatever kind of abuse it is, it is recovery. Um, okay. So back to finding someone who is safe. Um, and I, again, I understand that, you know, you're not going to know until you start, you know, putting your feelers out there again. I didn't, and it was hard for me, but you know, you can talk to a school counselor, you can, you know, talk to a teacher. Um, if it's life threatening, it's really important that you do that because first and foremost, it's, you have to take care of yourself. And again, you know, I think that here's our third kind of way to deal with it. You know, sometimes talking, sometimes talking to your parents about their abuse is not going to make it better. Sometimes finding a friend to talk about is not going to make it better. I know for me, even talking to adult people, like other adults, now that I'm an adult, right. And I'm talking to people, they, they don't get it. Um, they kind of think you're being sensitive or they kind of think you're making it up or they kind of think you're being a little, um, you know, you're exaggerating a little bit and that's all so painful. Um, so seeking help from others is not always something that you can do. Um, but again, a community is really important. And for me, because I didn't have a community, you know what I learned to do? I learned how to take care of myself. Um, I learned to parent myself and that's kind of what I did. I surrounded myself with people that I thought were, um, that I could be myself around. And again, it took me a long time to even know what myself was, right? Like I could be myself. Well, what is that? What do I like? What do I not like? I was so wrapped up in what my parents liked that I didn't know what I liked or what I needed or what I wanted, well, heaven forbid I want anything, right? So I learned that I'm allowed to I'm allowed to want things, I'm allowed to need things. And, you know, here I am. I'm in my I'm in my mid-30s and, you know, I'm just I'm still learning it. So I know that you're in your adolescent years, because that's who I'm speaking to, but just know that your life is not is not uh this is not a the end of your book. That your book, this is probably this is a chapter, this is a part not your entire thing, that when you get out of that awful house with your awful parents, you can start a new part. You can, you can make the rest of your book what you want it. Um, so I would suggest starting to take care of yourself. For me, it looks like going for walks. I know it sounds really ridiculous, but just kind of being out in like I don't know, like with the breeze and the sun or the fresh air and listening to an audio book or a podcast or something like that as I'm walking. I mean, it really changes my mood. It really helps me um, remember that there, the world is bigger than me. The world is bigger than my problems and that I'm not the only one. I'm not the first one who's ever been abused by their parents, that there have been many, many, many people and it's up to them how they, how they, the rest of their life is going to turn out. So for me, getting outside is amazing exercise. When I go through really tough times in life, man, physical pain overtakes all emotional pain. 
So if you need a positive outlet, instead of drinking and smoking weed, I know that these are the things that we mostly go to, but if you can hop on a bike, if you can go for a run, if you can work out uh, using weights, you are you are so in that moment when you are lifting weights because you can't mess up, right? So, And the physical pain makes you kind of block out the emotional pain. A lot of us will kind of sit and kind of uh, marinate in that emotional pain. And when you can physically, you know, push yourself, it can, it can alleviate, uh, alleviate some of that emotional pain. Um, read a book, man. I have learned that I really like to read. Um, talk to, you know, get on, th- what are, what are life giving things to you? What are things that bring you joy? Taking a bath, maybe that brings you joy, maybe taking a nap. Um, these are all things that growing up were selfish, right? Me taking any time for myself to go for a walk, to take a bath, to go for a jog was selfish. Um, and heaven forbid we're selfish. Now, as an adult, I realize those are the very things that make me the best version of myself. So you better believe that I'm going to do those things. Um, watching a movie, reading a book, like I said, uh, playing basketball. If you're a guy, uh, maybe you, or a girl, girls can play basketball too. (laughs) Um, maybe watching a game on TV, um, or writing, writing a novel, doing something that you love to do. Um, recognize, okay, here's, this is interesting. When you first realize that you're being abused, you have this guilt because you are supposed to love your parents. And so you feel badly being honest about what is really going on because you feel like you are throwing them under the bus, that you are talking badly about them behind their back, that you are being disloyal when really you're just being honest. And honesty is the right way regardless of what's happening. So I know in the beginning, if you're going to, you know, if you can get through therapy or start, you know, kind of learning about yourself, um, that you're going to still really have feelings of love and admiration for them. And that's okay. Um, I think things, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be this and that. Um, I can love them and I can also despise them for their behavior. So don't be so hard on you, on yourself. Um, I would say journal. I would say that you need to remind yourself that you are in control of how you react. I, I, I would jot down things that you can control and I would really try to master those things, whether that be getting an A in history class, whether that making the JV, you know, volleyball team as a freshman or whatever, I would really try to find your own strengths and positive self-talk and parent yourself. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, I know, again, a lot of us struggle on a daily basis that um, we live in this cycle of abuse where one afternoon it's awful. You cry yourself to sleep. You wake up the next day. Your parent ignores you. You don't really know what to do next. You go to sleep that night. You wake up and the next morning your parent's like, what do you want for breakfast, honey? And you're like, what in the hell just happened? I know that. I know that life. I know that life very well. And I lived that life for a very, very long time. But I, and when you're young, you believe that that's your life, right? I mean, that's your whole life. There is so much life left. And that's the hope. There's so much life left. So when you have a chance, 
when you find the courage to seek help, um, when you get to a point where you can advocate for yourself, please do. You are worth everything. You are worth having a laugh with a bud. You are worth um, succeeding at whatever you try. You are worthy of happiness. And sometimes parents are not are not what they should be. You know, we have this idea that just because you're a parent, you will be nurturing and loving and want the best for your kids. And that's not always the case. Sometimes, well, all the time, you know, you don't need to have a compassionate heart to have a child. You just have to have a penis and a vagina. That's all you need. So, uh, that's unfortunate because a penis and vagina can make a baby, um, but the human beings raising this baby don't necessarily have the pr- the parenting intuition um, that they should, and that is, and that's unfortunate for us because we come from that. But got to tell you, the people that I meet, the ones that have the craziest stories that overcome the that overcome the most are are my people. They're the people that can get down to the nitty gritty. They're the people that really live. They're the people that really love because they know what it's like. They remember what it's like to live the the way that they had previously lived. So that being said, I hope this was helpful. Know that there are resources. Reach out to other other kids, other people out there, other adolescents. Um, There is a sweet girl that I chatted with. She's got a podcast now too, and I can't remember what it's called, but her Instagram page is called The Banana Split Project. Um, And she is a survivor of abuse by her father. And her mother actually got her, um, because she was being uh, physically abused, got her out of the situation, um, which her mom is obviously a hero. But listen, she is a youth your age, and she's got some great content. Um, I'm happy to, you know, chat with her at any point. Um, Again, I hope that this was helpful. And um, if you need resources, please check out um, my Instagram account at emotional underscore abuse underscore recovery. You can check out my This Is Real Life with Jen Blossom podcast. And obviously you're listening to it. Um, But Instagram as well. You can email me at jenblossom at gmail.com or DM me at any of those handles. That being said, all my love and keep on keeping on. When you know you're at the very bottom of the valley, look up. And when you're at the top, be grateful. All right, you guys, I will talk to you soon. Bye.